ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Diet time is here. That's right. We're talking A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 on Kill by Kill. again from 1428 Elm Street. It's our old hangout place. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we're dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. Now we're going to unpack all the goriest of details of the remake rebootical of A Nightmare on on Elm... I don't really remember what it's called. It's A Nightmare (laughs) on Elm Street, for Christ's sakes. And... And of course, uh, there's only one person that I trust to help me that if uh, I need to figure out where something terrible happened, she'll point at the sign and says, it's kind of like bad man preschool. That's a big fucking clue, you idiot. <laughs> uh, the one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good, but I, I thought you were going to tell me I would look it up on, on Zoom Blaster or whatever the, the fake uh, search <laughs> engine they were using was. Yeah, Zoom Blaster getting a lot of play in this movie. Um, I, don't, I don't remember I, what it was called. It was something like that, though. <laughs> well, I just remember when they hit search, it goes blasting off. And all I can think about <laughs> is my kid's current Pokemon obsession, where Team Rocket always talks about blasting off. And I'm like... This is weird that I now am conflating Pokemon and a nightmare on Elm Street. These two things don't go together quite like a lot of things in this movie. Yeah, indeed. And and in regards to bad man preschool, I was actually like staring at it like my eyes were like bad ham. I think like John Badham, direct vaunted director of Saturday Night Fever and uh, his 1979 uh, sexy Dracula which I really like that Frank Langella, Dracula. He's a, he's a hot piece of Dracula meat. It's a good one. It's a good one. We we should, we should talk about that at some point. And they have some fantastic laser sex, but before we get into Dracula laser sex, which is a real thing, uh, I don't want to alarm you, Gina, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a special guest. Not only is he the host of Deep in Bear Country, the most famous podcast ever mentioned in a next door post <laughs> continues to circulate to this day. But he's also the host of It's Del Toro Time. And of course, he's the very first guest that we ever had on Kill by Kill. So it is a genuine pleasure to uh, welcome a the first and the only, uh, the real returning champion to Kill by Kill, Mr. Phil Gonzalez. How are you doing today, Phil? Your memories are what feed me. <laughs> That's my fun Freddy Krueger impression. <laughs> I had to try to make my lips not move in order to say it appropriately. He, it gets, off, he gets off some real zingers like, I'm going to kill you and... <laughs> Run all you want and things like that. What a what a what a hilarious fun character he is to watch on screen for all of ten minutes that he's actually on screen. Well, I think that puts him in the same range as the original Freddy Krueger in the first film. I don't. I here's the deal, everybody. I came into this really giving this bad boy a fair shot. I didn't take notes. I just sat down put it on the biggest TV we had in the house 
and just let the fucker run and see if <laughs> if he couldn't like I I would end up at the end like you know what I was wrong. There's so much to like about this movie, and you know what, guys, there I was wrong. There's a lot to like about this movie, and then it actively fucks over. All of those good ideas <laughs> and things. It, it's like it hates itself and by extension hates me for liking parts of it. And for that, oh, it's even more irritating than I thought it would be. It's punishing viewers for having the audacity to think that horror movies are fun sometimes. Uh-huh. So they're they're speeding along, they're speeding along, they're they're hitting all those, uh, they're playing all the hits for uh, mostly part one, mostly the original. There's a couple references to other movies in the series, and then they're like, you know what? Let's take things into a hard left turn into rape. Yeah. Well, and I, I've never watched. I, it's been so long. I mean, I watched this ten years ago when it first came out, and I was like, ugh, whatever. And and it's watching it again. I was like, I have just not witnessed a movie recently where nobody involved seemed to enjoy making it or like want to make it or had any original like idea. They were basically just like sort of remake the original, make everything brown and we'll be done with it. And that's it. It's, it's a brown version of a nightmare on Elm street. And then you're, and then it ends except they took anything fun even the look, Freddy, there's a moment in the original where Freddie looks at the, at the camera and he cuts off his finger mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that delight, that imp, that little, like that, <laughs> that just little guy, he's a, he's a, he's a real, a real dream ghoul, isn't he? And in this, I can't imagine this Freddy, this Freddy doesn't even want to be a killer. He just sort of mopes around. And I was like, oh, right. Like not even Freddy wants to be Freddy Krueger in this movie. <laughs> Well, unless he's bursting his entire forearm through somebody's chest, right. like he's a goddamn xenomorph. That, that was like the only part I thought was kind of cool. Really? I I just because it was it was it was slightly I wasn't really paying attention at that point. And it kind of it, uh-huh. it kind of woke you up. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh hey, Freddy Krueger is doing something. Hey, we're bursting yeah, he, here. All right, everybody. He, he's not just gas. muttering. He's not just muttering and snarling. <laughs> I have to say I, that when I, when this when this movie was announced, I was actually uh-huh. pretty excited about it because I was like, "It's 2010. No one really cares about a Nightmare on Elm Street anymore. This is like your opportunity. You can do anything you want. All you need to do to remake and because nobody like nobody cares at this point. Audiences don't care. Just all you need is a guy named Freddy Krueger." haunting people in their dreams, and it's the dream world. We have special effects. You can go nuts with this movie. You can make this just balls-to-the-wall terrifying and weird and scary, and instead it's just sitting there, just not doing anything. Here here we are, back in the basement again. (laughs) I was like, you could do... Why is the dream world just... Why does why does the real world look as just threatening and drab as the dream world? Like that's my big thing. It's like everything's just so just bland. And this is a guy who did commercials and music videos for crying out oh, loud. I mean, this Samuel Bayer. When you mm-hmm. look at at the 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 commercials he made, he's a, a very much award winning, and he should be yeah. like he's an, an incredible visual stylist. But let's just run down. His Murderer's Row of just some of the highlights of music videos that he directed. Yeah. Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
terrifying in and of itself. I mean, talk talk about instead of brown, it's green, but you kind of see the link between the two. Right. But you also have no rain for uh, Blind Melon. You've got Melissa Etheridge's Come to My Window. You've got Zombie for the Cranberries. Bullet with fucking butterfly wings. This guy is not fucking around. And he was dragged literally with his fingernails on the ground into making this movie and you can feel it. Now that's not to say that there aren't visual moments in this that I genuinely like, Mm -hmm. because I like how it, it can slip in and out real fast. And I think there was an opportunity to do something cool. And it feels like everyone behind the scenes was like, I don't know, we could try, but it seems like that would cost a dollar fifty more. So let's not. And, and they, so they and, don't. And they had to squeeze in, you know, like I said, all the classics. Well, well, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You got to have him, you know, coming through her bedroom wall. Oh, Jesus! It's, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You have to have, you know, you know, her friend, you know, flying around, you know, the room. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You have to have her friend in a body bag. It's, it sort of feels like, you know, when you're watching like someone's elbow and you're like, hey, hey, remember that scene? Remember that? You remember that scene, right? Oh, look, 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 remember that scene? They're going to do, they're going to do it again. Watch. <laughs> you also have to apparently have every single teenager be completely unrelatable. Hey, remember how we loved Nancy because she couldn't relate to people and she was socially like awkward and hated? Like, no, Nancy was our, our identifying character. She was the one we were supposed to be like comfortable with. And instead, Rudy Mara is playing her like. She just got the letter that she got rejected from art school for the third time. Like the entire movie. <laughs> She's kind of playing her like like she was doing two movies at once. Or she was filming this and also playing Samara in the Ring movies. Right. <laughs> a little bit. A little it's bit. like not, not everybody has to be a dream demon. <laughs> <laughs> you want to limit your movies to a single dream demon at a time. Because otherwise <laughs> things get very, very cluttered. Um, And it's not to say that she isn't trying to act. In fact, I would say with the exception of Kellen Lutz, (laughs) which even saying that name sounds stupefyingly ridiculous. They are genuinely giving their all to these bad ideas. Like they're, they're trying to get this across, but to describe the dire circumstances in which this movie was made when Rooney Mara was initially cast in this role, her first thought was to give up acting entirely to avoid it. It's a good idea. It's always a good idea. In fact, I would say that to any aspiring young actor after your first role, please just give up acting entirely. Just walk away, make some room for the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> There's, uh, there's just, there's too many of you in the world. <laughs> um, I, yeah, let's, um, let's talk about Kellen Lutz here for a second because uh, he's the first person to be dispatched. So this is a slight twist to the original film, which doesn't start with a death. So yeah. they're trying to do something different here by filming it in the uh, Riverdale diner before Riverdale was on TV uh, by uh-huh. the looks of it. And you have him falling asleep at the table and then wandering back into the kitchen where there's just pig faces in open flame. And that's not going to get you an A rating. I'm just going to come out right now. 
that pig faces in open flame just on a griddle, you need to make pancakes on that shit. That's not going to be okay, everyone. Thank God it's only a nightmare. But uh, he's visited by Katie Cassidy's character, whose name is Chris, Katie, Katie, Chris, Chris, Katie, Katie, Chris. And she looks like she's out of some sort of hair product uh, commercial. She is so polished looking in comparison to everyone else in the movie that it is fucking distracting. Yeah, there's a part where she wakes up from having a nightmare and she has a full face of makeup on. Just (laughs) a full face of makeup. When she has a nightmare in class, it is the most glamorous nightmare I've ever seen in my life. Well, that's the thing is, uh, you know, and I and I know it's unfair to go back and forth comparing this to the original, but they are desperately asking us to keep comparing it to the original. And right. one of the strengths of the original is is it is firmly set in like everyday suburban America. Like you you look at the way it's filmed and you're like, it's sort of it's brightly lit. You you recognize this place, it's comfortable. And that way when you go into like the, the horror, you realize that the horror is either intruding on our world or you have entered horror's realm. Mm-hmm. Every single shot in this movie is filmed like the smells like teen spirit video. And <laughs> that which which makes the the models who are playing the, the leads look more like models, which makes all the shadows just in everyday life look more like shadows and uh, you point out that diner scene the uh-huh. diner just looks like a nightmare the entire yeah. time so there's no like oh no well, now we're in the nightmare realm like everything just looks dark and gloomy i, I suppose it's a choice and sure. it's just a bad choice and the film doesn't make all bad choices but the bad choices that they do make very much suck all the joy energy interest out of the good ones and like i love how kellen lutz's character dies where you get this thing that it you kind of hinted at in in craven's version where he's killing people in a way that makes it look like they're killing themselves yeah and so instead of the hanging where you can you know it's a little hinky and freddie walking through the bars looks a little but it still it still works in a dream logic sort of way because that movie is better at translating. Oh, a nightmare is happening here when he gets up and he holds a knife to his throat and just slashes himself all the way across. I was like, yay, I don't even remember this happening when I saw it when it came out. Maybe this is great. Maybe I'll love this. And I was wrong. (laughs) But I like that part. I like that part. Yay! Yeah. Good <laughs> but, movie. But he also gets a he gets a cut on his hand in the dream and he has mm-hmm. the cut on his hand in real life. Yeah. And I'm and it's that it's that movie thing where I'm like, "Oh no, you don't just wad up a paper towel and like hold that's a deep cut." Like yeah. That's my thing with Freddy's claws all throughout this movie is they act like they're like, those are some pretty bad cuts. But then like they're fine. And I'm like, no, dude, like you get cut like that. Like that's bad news. You're going to that's going to get an infection. At least at least when Nancy wakes up with the cuts, they do take her to the hospital. But the kids with the cuts in the flashback where it's like, oh, yeah, he was slashing up their back something good. I'm like, yeah. And then you would take him to the hospital and this whole movie would never happen. Oh yeah, the whole thing with the the whole thing with the backstory. It's if you think about it for a nano fraction of a second, it, it, it doesn't. It none of it makes a lick of sense. 
these people who you know the writers of this movie don't know how repressed memories work god no uh yeah. they don't know they, they don't know how any of this works and, and it's all brushed aside with a character saying literally uh who remembers being five years old <laughs> I'm like, I do. I, I do? It's like I you, do. So you, you, a bunch of people, you know, it, then beyond the whole, you know, killing a man, granted, you know, the, the, you, for some unknown reason, the audience is made to believe for about five minutes that maybe he didn't do it, but he did. But that so, would have been you know, awesome. That, the, you know, that, that's all squared away. But then apparently all the parents decide they were going to collectively gaslight their children. Yes. Into forgetting that they had gone to school with each other. How do you do that? How do you how, convince how your children work? they never went to school? <laughs> like, how do you? But then they stay in the same. Just... Then a bunch of them stay in the same town. Yeah, they're just still friends. <laughs> like, how does this work? <laughs> Apparently, they all live on Elm Street. <laughs> and I mean, and, and not to get too heavy, but I would think that you know, survivors of a a you know a child molestation ring, not even a ring, one guy. You, know, you would think that that the family would say, well, maybe it'd be better for them if they had each other to lean on. Nope. They're just, yeah, nope. You, we're just all that going to school, those kids. Yep, that never happened. That never happened. How? Shh, shh, just go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> Let me just put this rag of ether over your face so you'll, you'll wake up tomorrow morning never, never remembering it at all. Like, how did they, they keep saying, like, I only met him in high school. You live on the same fucking street. Right. How were they separated for goddamn elementary school and junior high? How did that work? Why did they decide to let like, oh, all right, listen, they're in high school. Let's just fucking get them together now. Because, And why does them being randomly teenagers now then wake up Freddy Krueger? Like at least, oh, God damn it. Nobody <laughs> knows how Freddy Krueger works. I got to stop thinking that rules apply here, but holy fuck, it's so weird that they decide, like, as long as I hide some photos, they'll never remember that the most traumatic thing that could possibly happen to you and 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 at five years old, they'd magically forget. My mom closed uh, uh, the station wagon door on my finger accidentally yeah. in preschool, and I remember it like it goddamn happened a minute ago. Right, because now, most most memories start at about two or three. Right. Yeah. Most people remember going to kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. People don't remember like what they had for lunch when they're five. But they would remember the guy who took them to a fucking cave and slashed up the their backs. Yes, and slash their backs open. Like, come on. Well, okay, so I know that Craven has gone, went on the record as saying, like, originally I wanted Freddie to be a child molester, but they thought that was too intense. And I'm like, first of all, I firmly believe that that's, like, something he came up with later on for, like, cred, because yeah. it's not a good idea. You want your audience to be entertained by this monster, and as soon as molestation comes in, a child killer, that's sort of vague, and you're like, yeah, like a serial killer kills kids for various reasons, but they never go into it. They're just like, yeah, Kruger was you a, don't Kruger see flashbacks of him like actively at kill, work in the yeah, child. They just needed, yeah, and this just, one, he's just like, he's just like, like perving on them. And it's like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, this isn't no. fun. That's not, he's a, he's a, he becomes a monster. He's supposed to be like a boogeyman or a ghoul. And to give him this like, we, first of all, to give him flashbacks and make him like, kind of the simple-minded like school groundskeeper where he's like hey kids i really i really like the kids i'm like wait a minute how does he go from this to like i was just trying to pet him i'm like that's not the same (laughs) guy 
I we because we never really get a sense of who Freddy Krueger was as an adult in the original yeah. series. It works. It's fine. He's a boogeyman, but to humanize him like this, and then to see him like running panicked from the mob of parents, being like, "I didn't do it. I didn't do it." I was like, "Wait, are we? Su- wait, where are they going with this?" To the extent, and this was this was on Twitter when I was originally like going off about this. <laughs> When I originally watched this movie, I was like, and they bring it up in the film. I was like, oh, crap, this is great. Are we going to finally get a Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy was actually innocent? And we're like, maybe it was one of these like celebrity parents who actually was committing the crimes. That's an idea. That's we're like, a hell of an idea. Like maybe it was the police chief dad who was actually doing it and covered it up and and, and convinced all the parents that it was this like groundskeeper. And then that's why he's committing all these like dream murders. Cause he's, he's because like the whole, like he's like the Pied Piper, he's getting back at the town when all he ever did was nice things for the town. Uh-huh. And so I was super excited watching this. I was like, yes, that's an idea. That's a strong choice. Make Freddie like Candyman. He's a vengeful. Di- no, wait, nope. He was, no, no. no, it's just the same. He's no, just a child out. molester. He's yeah. a child molester who wants to perv on Nancy the end. And, and I was like, oh, great. Thanks for great. thanks for ruining it, assholes. <laughs> can, I mean, we just, can, can we just talk about poor Jackie Earl Haley? Oh, <laughs> I mean, talk about a typecasting you don't want. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure um, this is the at least the third movie I had seen him in where he was a child molester. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. gotta give him another thing. Like he was fine as like a smart alecky guy on that human target show on Fox for five minutes. He's, he's a perfectly versatile fucking actor. And just because of little children, we don't have to condemn Mm -hmm. him to a life of playing child molesters anymore than as a teenager, he had to be condemned to playing the same role he did in the bad news bears. This poor (laughs) guy. You just imagine like just looking through his scripts and like, no, there's another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and of course we know from interviews that when this cast arrived on set, they were handed a script that they did not audition with. Like, the filming script for this movie was substantially changed from what all the cast was sold. So who knows? For all we know, Freddie was the hero at the end of the of the movie he was given. <laughs> they, they, the screenwriters did talk about how the big hook that they got everyone signed off on initially was that Freddie was going to be innocent. Yes. And so therefore, he, this is a revenge tale. And then you would have an active mystery for the kids to solve where they think, you know, Freddie is still a villain here, but in order to undo the curse, it's a lot more, you know, there's a bit more going on to it because you would have, then have a secondary villain that you would have to overcome yeah. or put him in the way of Freddie or it would just change it. It would change the dynamic. It would give this fucking thing life. And for the, for the just, I cannot understand why they decided, no, 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 no. No one's going to accept it. Let's just make it creepier and grosser and have Freddie comment on Nancy's dress. Like guys, that's not what the I'm your boyfriend now thing is about. No, it's about the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. (laughs) (laughs) It's about him becoming his DJ now, (laughs) Princey. 
You have and, to be ready for Freddy. That's what the fat boys taught us. <laughs> yeah. And I know that in the original Nightmare, Freddy wasn't as jokey as he ended up being. Like, I've seen it a million times. I've seen it recently. Yeah. But he was still, like, impish. And, like, you had the feeling that this was, like, a guy... This wasn't Fred Krueger. This was some, like, bizarre, like, otherworldly creature who was just sort of, like, in the form of Fred Krueger. And because he made his arms grow and he was kind of enjoying being in this, like, weird realm. But this is just, like, a burned guy who just, like, screwed around with kids. And I'm like, why would I ever want to watch a movie about this? Speaking of burned guy. So here's the other here. This just displays you how much they decided to fuck this victory into a defeat. So they recruit these special effects guys to come up with the very realistic looking burn makeup and effects package for Freddy. And you can still see it. It's in a movie called the dark Knight with Mm -hmm. two face. And they looked at that and they said, no way. That's going to be too weird. No audience is going to want to look at that fascinating piece of special effects work. Let's make him look like a dry eraser who can't move his fucking lips. I was going to say. I was going to say that he. Do you remember the uh, the Titanica sketch from Mister Show? Uh-huh. The, the kid jumps into the vat of acid from the neck down. You just say he's made of Slim Jims. That's that's all I kept thinking about. He, he just looks like his face is carved from Slim Jims. He looks like someone who would have been ground up by the Victorians and like a drunk as a drink at some like rich person's party. Like he looks like the worst mummy and. <laughs> And, and and as Jackie Earl Haley said, he couldn't even talk in the makeup. Like they had to loop all of his dialogue because he couldn't move his lips. You can let's look at this guy. He can barely move his face. And I'm like, that's not a good monster. I mean, even the mummy turned into a handsome man a third of the way through the original film <laughs> because no one wants to watch a mummy that can't move its face. That's not entertaining. Yeah, he, he looks like he looks like a chew toy. Yeah, it is such an odd fucking choice to go. You know what? He should look like, you know, not leather, but pleather and a tercel yeah. <laughs> from 2002. And it's, that, and it's, it's another the, thing to look at. Look at the original Freddy Krueger makeup and be like, this makeup has stood the test of time for like 30 years. Let's just do something completely opposite. Let's make something that's not marketable. That's not interesting. That just looks like looks like like a meatball. Like, it looks like Meatball Man with barely any... Like, I don't know what they're trying to go for, but it did not... And I get it. I get it. I know that special effects artists, makeup artists, they're working under time crunch. The ideas are being changed left and right. They got to go with... And I'm not trying to slag on, like, makeup artists and the effects because I know that they were doing their best. But the whoever had final say, like, go back a few iterations, maybe. Something that at least had character to it. I mean, can you imagine if this movie had that two-face style look but the whole face it, that would have been really gross it would have been a very different looking and sounding and acting freddy than you would have gotten in the original franchise but could you and, have done that for 35 million um i don't know but i think it would have been a better attempt than what i was given <laughs> Which looks like a baseball that my son has colored over (laughs) with, uh, you know, some sort of beige crayon. It just, it is useless. And it just 
sinks all of the acting he's trying to push into the role. It makes everyone trying to be afraid look stupid because he looks stupid. And it's just, oh, my God, there's so many bad decisions for front, for fuck's sake. This starts with a credit sequence in which all the credits are written in crayon on the ground. Yep. But then they put other fucking typography over it saying the same thing. How well, well, I think they're trying to stupid. I think, are I, think you? I think they're trying to go for that whole seven thing. It, really, it did the, not work. The really you know elaborate what opening them the credits thing. The fucking chalk letters would have actually. Don't give me the same words. I was going to say hiring David Fincher. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It would have helped a dabbling of Fincher. Yeah. Uh, uh, And there's so many elements in this that like the little girls skipping rope and singing one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Like in the original, like that's a thing. Like they're like, hey, it's that weird nursery rhyme. Like there's. Freddy Krueger is someone that people know about. Like the only reason the kids had never heard of him is because they didn't have the internet and they weren't like, you know, cued into like the history of their town. But in this version of it, I'm like, Fred Krueger existed and disappeared. And like, how did that enter? Like the public just dis like, un- like how did everyone just forget this guy ever existed? Like everyone. Yeah. It's it, again, like I said before, if you think about it too much, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay. So the, the nursery school still shut down. So yeah. uh, clearly somebody heard about this scandal <laughs> yeah, of, of the, of putting the a loss a, of one groundskeeper tanked this entire preschool. Yeah. Yeah, the preschool, you know, is, you know, is so shut down that the, that the property has not been used since no one's even entered it apparently because yeah. everything is still there. Yeah. You know, and some, some, you know, 13 years later. And the entire yeah. rationale for them trying to make them memory whole their entire preschool existence is that according to Clancy Brown, who's at his Clancy Browning-ish in, <laughs> in this movie is that he, they did not want them to have to relive their molestation on the stand. And listen, I, I get that idea, but also maybe the gigantic evidence dungeon that was right beneath the fucking <laughs> school would have maybe just maybe get you know got him convicted if they had actually signed the fucking warrant unlike unlike the original movie it just yeah maybe it, the kid the kid having you know looking like she was attacked by a werewolf maybe that could have been some the proof right they needed. <laughs> she was in a wolverine fight and um, and I, and I, and I hate to like try to psychoanalyze a fictional child molester but that is what this movie has driven us to so my apologies but why the fuck would a child molester claw up a child and then send it on its way? That's why Freddy Krueger works as a child murderer. Yes. Because he murdered people and then got rid of them. This is a guy, I'm like, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense from a plot perspective, from a story perspective, from a character perspective. It's just there for shock value and for people to like be like, oh yeah, Platinum Dunes is really going there. But it it's not, again, it's not fun or interesting it just creates as gina said creates plot hole after plot hole it's a it's a i think this is platinum dunes disease because yeah you 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 see them working with the idea of a town conspiracy in that first marcus nispel uh texas chainsaw remake right yeah 
and it kind of works there. It just yeah. it kind of works. Because that's what Texas Chainsaw is kind of about. Yes. But then they tried to do it again in Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. 2009. And that makes no fucking sense because no one explains to us how this town is benefiting from Jason Voorhees' pot slash teen <laughs> murder business. Right. They, like, is this, like, it's paying for their sidewalks. Like, we we don't pay as much in property tax because we're getting those big pot slash child murder kickbacks from old Voorhees up the hill. So we don't want to fuck that up. So we keep it mum. Yeah. Here, they're like, hey, if it worked one and a half times, Let's do it again. It's an adult conspiracy, and it's in the original movie, but let's make it dumber and harder to maintain and stupid and weirdly sexual for no fucking benefit whatsoever to be edgelords. So I have I have a uh, I have a a contact who contacted me about this movie and he wishes to remain anonymous. He's in the biz. Okay. Uh, And he was around this movie while it was being developed. And he told me that originally the idea was that the whole platinum dunes was they were trying to make a team of like sympathetic monsters, misunderstood monsters, Leatherface, Jason, like they all had their like sympathetic backgrounds. And that the, one of the original ideas that they were developing was for Freddie to have been framed by the kids. Oh, which is, so it's like the burning, right? Which is even worse, (laughs) but also like, because they were like, we were, we want him to be a sympathetic a monster created by outside events and but the real monsters are the people well i guess the real monsters are the five-year-olds but (laughs) but the idea as someone who's raised at least one of them they're not (laughs) but the idea of like platinum dunes creating this like world of like misunderstood monsters who have been driven to where they are was like abandoned at the last minute. And they were like, no, 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 no. He's going to be a child molester. They cobbled together the script literally last minute. And uh, they just, they and they went on from there to just sort of do it as a remake. But I found that interesting that for a while, he was actually framed by the kids. Uh, the most simple fix, because you have Clancy Brown right there. Yeah, and he's sinister. Clancy Brown either frame him just because... They, they, there's a fervor, like they mm-hmm. just get, they, they, they toss themselves into the only explanation for this must be this simple groundskeeper molesting our children and burns the guy alive when it never happened. Or as you suggested him covering up for his own crimes. Yeah. Either like one of those would have fucking worked <laughs> and they just, they clawed that interesting idea into the jaws of what the fuckery <laughs> yeah now and now clancy brown still comes off as sort of villainous because yes. you know he you know but to what end so clearly he bullied these other parents into not going to the cops because he didn't want his kid to have to testify and say well your kid might not have had to testify <laughs> this is the second and, and, yeah. movie we have covered gina in which a high school principal has a history of burning people alive. <laughs> Two movies. Uh, one of my, uh, well, I was going to say one of my friends, actually my child, Ollie, co-host uh-huh. of It's Still Toro Time, pointed out that the plot of the innocent, uh, like, uh, like, 
public school, like elementary school groundskeeper being framed by the parents and murdered by them uh, and coming back as a somewhat vengeful spirit uh, was actually done as an episode of Supernatural later on. Like Supernatural (laughs) made it work. Supernatural made it into a viable plot. Why couldn't the 2010 A Nightmare on Elm Street? I think because they, in their mind, they had to deliver, they they thought that the audience would reject anything that was outside of the scope of how they viewed, how the public viewed Freddy Krueger. But at this point, and to this very minute, Freddy Krueger has been so many things that I I think people would have honestly gone, well, that's kind of cool because now... He's he's a he's a he's a grudge. He's a, a vengeance demon. Like it makes yeah. sense. The the Pied Piper thing is like right there. Yeah, like this guy who now movie. a guy who now haunts the town because they did him wrong, and yes. now they can't escape this. And and can I can I say something very controversial? Can I have a sure. can I make a a controversial movie opinion? <laughs> oh no! As, oh, as, all right. As Gina, if I was on. You've got. I'm ready. Gina, you, you've, you've got your hot take uh, helmet on. Because, I do. Yes. Can I, can I, I, I make I'm, a serious, as if I am on Twitter.com? <laughs> here I go. Okay, here I go. go. My it. controversial movie hot take is this. Sure. People who care that much about genre films are an insignificant portion of the movie going public. <laughs> People who actually care about Freddy Krueger's backstory would not affect the bottom line of the box office at all. They no. could make Freddy, they could have Freddy Krueger be played by anyone with any kind of makeup. And as long as there was a guy named Freddy Krueger and he was killing people in their nightmares, they could do anything and call it a nightmare on Elm Street. And movie audiences would be fine with that because 90% of movie audiences today only know that there's a guy named Freddy Krueger who kills people in their nightmares. That's it. And then maybe yeah. that he has a glove on his hand. And that's it. Like that's in the public consciousness, it's been decades since anyone cared about Freddy Krueger. You can do anything with that character. And just to prove a point, this movie made a shit ton of money. It's the most it successful made... one in the whole series. Yeah. Yes. The whole series. The whole series. That's how much people were excited to see a nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. And they could have instantly made so many more of these if they had only stuck to the, well, I don't know about the original guns. Let's say if they had just taken the path that was right there in front of them and just walked right down it and delivered that movie, even if it had been somewhat dull, a little bit dour, I think they would have recovered from it. But when you actively set up cool twists and interesting ideas within a movie and just pull that rug out from underneath (laughs) people and replace it with child molestation. uh, And dirty basements. And dirty basements and Polaroids, which you flirt with showing us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right right at that point, it's like, yeah, you lost me, movie. No. Yeah. I can't, you can't, you cannot recover from that. And one of the most... One of the most delightful things about the original is Nancy pulling Freddie into her world, into her realm. Yeah. And they're in just basically the home alone house. 
And you get finally get to see this monster brought low by being brought into just the daylight and just to see how he's this ridiculous guy in a sweater and how he gets knocked around by sledgehammers and things exploding in his face. And you're like, hell yeah, like you pulled the monster out and he's not that powerful. But when you pull him out of your dreams in this movie, he's still in this filth realm that just looks it doesn't look any different they cut him with a like the, sh- the world's sharpest elementary school paper cutter like i, d- I don't have been working at it sharpening yeah. it this entire time uh can i ask a logistical question of course how did marcus yun the 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 guy that they find his like vlog posts mm-hmm. how did he upload them to the internet well, when his face smashed into the video screen, yeah, were he supposed to? Was he supposed screen. to have been killed then, or did yeah, he like, I guess. Did, or did he pass out and just collapse against the the monitor? Uh, the illusion they're giving there is that this is that he somehow smashed his face through a computer screen to die. You know how the how the monitor of your computer is also the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that works. <laughs> Or else he somehow shattered a very tiny webcam. Oh, that would be even better. If he dined via, by having his face shoved through a a webcam camera, that would be fantastic. I I was, I was very disappointed that like after the video, she didn't like, you know, click on the next, on the next post, RIP Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely expected that to happen. Or she clicks on the next video and it's just him with like a bandage on his head. And he's like, I don't know what that was all about. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I reached for my can of Pepsi and I fell. (laughs) Sorry. I forgot. I I forgot. I had this plex glass shield between me and my computer that I have there in case I violently lunge forward in my sleep. I mean, but not yeah. a few weeks ago, it was revealed that the current bachelor on ABC's The Bachelor sliced open his forehead by just banging his head into a golf cart and into the glass he was holding. And he Ugh. sustained not life threatening. Uh, his face hit glass. Yeah. Oh, my God. But we have cool things introduced. We have these micro naps introduced, which is a neat idea. But which goes fantastic idea. It's a neat idea. But all that all that means is that we just get more nightmare sequences, which go nowhere. And I'm like, ooh, I was like, oh, this is great. What if they're having waking nightmares and that's allowing Freddie to slip in and out of our reality and like and like do things like briefly do things to people like outside the realm of dreams. Like that's a neat idea. Nope. Doesn't go anywhere No. And then they bring in Marcus Young as like this, like vlogger. And I was like, Ooh, maybe he's going to be their contact. And like, he's Nope. They just kill him right. Like, it's just these little ideas that just pop up and then they do, they just cut them right down. Like they're like, they're the Freddies cutting down uh, uh, great ideas in the prime of their life as if they were the teenagers (laughs) and the filmmakers were the dream demons just slicing (laughs) down innocence. Uh, before we can before we can enjoy them (laughs) oh my god i mean one of the things that this movie does preserve that i congratulate them for and i think they are attempting to deliver on it is the tina uh you know person who's now katie chris um chris (laughs) played by katie crazy crazy katie chris (laughs) she um is supposed to be sort of a scream-esque uh, you think she's going to be the lead in the yes. movie, and then she's taken out at the end of of Act One, and it's this big rug pulling where you're like, "Well, I don't know who's going to live in this movie." 
And they try to do that here, but they execute it so poorly and weirdly. And she shows up at Kellen Lutz's funeral in a cleavage bearing <laughs> trench coat. Yes. We have seen some people show up to funerals in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in some odd accoutrement. <laughs> but we have yet to see anyone vamp it up at uh, <laughs> a funeral. Right. And for no effect, for no reason. It says nothing about her character. It just is so out of place. Someone said, well, if we're going to cast Katie Cassidy, we have to make her sexy 24 7 it's like well that's not what the movie we're making is and i'm and i'm like if you're trying to do a psycho which they are obviously trying to do then call her nancy call make her make her nancy make her look more like you would expect the the lead to be the the survivor to be so that it actually is a twist don't just make her the character that looks like she's going to get murdered by her boyfriend like anyway because we're then we're just waiting even if we don't know the plot of night run elm street we're just waiting for it like set her up then as your lead uh do what alfred hitchcock did and don't like berate your leading actresses until they want to leave the industry but (laughs) do the other stuff that alfred hitchcock did make a suspenseful beginning but that's the thing we can't uh wish for the movie that could have been We can only evaluate the movie that is delivered. And while I like certain elements of it, and I feel like at times it feels like, oh, if they had only leaned into this, it would have been so much better. At the end of the day, it isn't any of those things. And as a result, you just get like every time it tries to ape the original film, like with that Freddy wall, it looks shitty yeah it just looks terrible and it makes you all it does is remind you of how amazing craven's original is that is one of the most iconic interesting and cheap effects ever executed and it looks so dumb here it looks dumb in comparison to how it looks in the frighteners and that was made by rubbing two small new zealand coins together really hard to spark electricity it yeah. is just infuriatingly frustrating because you it, it is right on the edge of making smart decisions and then it doesn't it, it like actively hates smart decisions and makes you feel bad for almost liking it yeah it really like i said it, it punishes the, the the viewer who went into this thinking that it might be fun <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like are you having fun now he's about to rape her Right. Oh God. He, and I'll, I'll say he's that he's making he's he's making references to when he did rape her in the past. Right. And you know what? We had a decent a Nightmare on Elm Street remake or reboot. It was called The Cell in 2000. And yeah. there was a movie that used nightmare imagery with a killer in a way that was not like a Nightmare on Elm Street, but made but 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 use the notion of nightmares and dreams in the subconscious in an effective way that wasn't aping an Iron Elm Street. And if this remake had gone more in that direction, the abstract, the obscure, if it had played in the sandbox a little bit, uh, it could have been at least uh, at least it would not have had me looking at my phone for the last thirty minutes because 
it gets so boring by the end as well. It's just, it's relentless. The nightmares never stop, so they stop being scary. Uh, Freddy's not an interesting character. The leads aren't interesting. They look like they don't know what they're doing. I, it seems like they were handed their scripts like 10 minutes before the film started rolling. It just And then at the end, they dare to try to do a pull the mom through a thing ending. Uh, and yeah, yeah. and at that point, it's just like, why are you even doing? Like, I don't. This doesn't. It doesn't even feel like the rest of the movie. It makes it makes the mom getting pulled through the window in the original look like a sensible filmmaking choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we speak ever so briefly about the transition from Ronnie Blakely, who is so insanely drunkenly yes. spectacular in that original Nightmare on Elm Street, and I. I kind of understand Connie Britton goes, I listen, I don't want to compete with that. I want to yeah. try to do something that would be different than that. But I also think different does not equate to, well, I'll appear on camera and I'll kind of say my lines. This right. is the dullest Connie Britton performance I have ever seen. It must be intentional. I just don't know what to what effect it is that intention was. Why is she so bland? Why why is she so, so out of it? Is she on drugs? At least Ronnie Blakely's character was blithely drunk to the point where every time she pulled out a bottle, it was slightly larger than the last bottle of alcohol. <laughs> and here, it, she's just like indistinguishable from wallpaper. And that is not why you hire Connie fucking Britain. Yeah, yeah none of these, none of these parents and... In- at least in the in the first the original you could see the parents were struggling with guilt i would say but here it's just like yeah we killed a man then we gaslit our kids you know it was to it was to protect them Uh, yeah you got to do what you got to do yeah sure worried about their property values you know one one day these these you know these memories of of you know having their bodily autonomy taken from them might just come shrieking back out of nowhere when they're like 17 or 18 but eh, we'll put them in therapy that's a that's a that's a you know 10 years from now problem that's not a right now problem Speaking of which, let's talk uh, about Kyle Gallner's. He's about as far away from a Johnny Depp as you can get. Yeah. He always is yeah. like, the entire movie he spent, he looks like he's about to cry. I think yeah. that's a choice. I think that's why they hired him. Because he seems so sensitive. And I think it's an intention. Again, to what effect? They set up this thing where his character takes ADHD medication and so he can slightly stay up longer than everyone else but which is not also, actually true <laughs> yeah, I know, I hey know. it's magic ADHD medication <laughs> it does not it, it does not keep you awake at night I, I know I, I know but for the sake of the movie let's say that there's some magical mix of it that does just like there was the magical mix of some other uh, uh, medication that we're going to see in Freddy versus Jason that makes you not have nightmares and it, it comes out of dream warriors like that that medication isn't real either so okay it's just <laughs> movie bullshit that i can live with but if you're setting it up that it does a specific thing i would like to see it pay off i want Chekhov's adhd medication to do something other than you him showing up at a pharmacy and you reliving that thing we've all had, which is just trying to get a refill of the medication you've been prescribed. And some guy going, can't do nothing for you, man. 
<laughs> like <laughs> that's not the nightmare I'm looking for in this motion picture. Our American version of health insurance. That right. is a different nightmare than I want it portrayed in this movie. Uh, or at least I have just, him go into like a micro nap, turn around, and the pharmacist has been replaced by Freddy Krueger or is wearing Freddy Krueger's sweater and says something like about like, I got your refills right here or something just <laughs> so that we know that like this is the thing that is like manipulating this person's dreams instead of just having the lights flash and then Freddy runs on with his glove. But just one second after that, right, when Rooney Mara, Nancy runs in and she starts micro napping in between reality and the dream and Freddy's able to swipe at her with his claw and knock things off the shelf. Yeah. You keep warping back and forth. That's cool. Everybody, I love that. So did I you read the section. did you read the interview with the screen the original screenwriter about that aspect of the movie? Because I, yeah, I mean, that, I, I don't know if it was the same exact there's another section where he talks about how he wrote something like, Don't put Freddy in the middle of the Don't road put Freddy in the middle of the street. Yeah, because yeah. originally they were supposed to be driving together and they kept falling, each falling asleep and Freddy kept popping up in the back seat and you were never sure which one of them was dreaming and which one was awake. And it was supposed to be this like really confusing but like really intense scene because they didn't know who was awake, who was dreaming. And yeah. he he added the note, the, the, uh, the, if you do anything else with this scene, please don't just have Freddy pop up in the street and have them drive off the road. And of course, that's exactly what happens. Because they cut to the most obvious choice like every yeah. single time. I, I, that is just a wild decision. Like even the screenwriters like, guys, you can do anything you want. And then Platinum Dunes and New Line are like, I don't know. The thing I want to do is like a one third as interesting version of the original movie. Sure. Yeah. Let's just do that. It's like, what a fucking travesty. <laughs> so the idea, though, is that Freddy is trying to lure them into the basement so that they can find the clues. Like, that's a thing that doesn't, that you end up finding out kind of. Like, because one of the original re things that people always said is, why does Freddy play with people? And it's like, well, he's supposed to feed off their fear. But that's not an aspect of this movie. He's not feeding off any fear. He's trying to get them to solve a mystery, which ends up not being a mystery. No. Because that got changed. But so there's this whole movie. He's not even toying with people. He's trying to lure them to a location that doesn't pay off. It just ends up being like, oh, we were right the whole time. Like, there's no, there's nothing to solve here. And that's another thing like that. So we end up getting Freddie who doesn't really have like a goal. He could easily have just popped up and murdered them if he just wanted to kill them. But then he's trying to lead them. So it just the whole thing, it just ends up becoming kind of just this aimless mess. Gina, we confronted this quite a bit in Dream Child where the film's intention is one thing and then it delivers something entirely more reprehensible. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is absolutely, weirdly, a strange parallel between those two films because here you have a, the whole thing here should be that, that they gain freedom from this horrible thing that happened to them in their past. And no, they just are forced to relive it by their abuser mm -hmm. and he kind of wins. Right, because and that he, is terrible. Yeah. yeah, he's basically more or less telling you that he feeds off of their trauma. Yeah. yeah. 
and and it's just like yeah that's you know that's not that that's not fun i don't want to i don't want to dial a hotline for the guy that feeds off your trauma you know right <laughs> i don't want to right i don't, don't want to hear talk. a rap by the guy who feeds off your trauma i don't, I don't want that's why drake didn't have a cool new track for this version of nightmare in <laughs> elm street because it fucking sucks it's like he took all the i mean you know that i have you know had issues with how freddie became kind of a pop culture icon but in a weird sort of way, it's like, yo, remember that Freddy you knew and loved and that, that crazy guy? Well, he's a child molester now. Yeah, they, they milkshake ducked a fictional character. <laughs> like They milkshake ducked a child murderer into right. something worse. And it's but again, like, a child oh a child killer is a fairy tale character. A child killer is a boogeyman. Like that is what a child killer yeah. like in in like stories. That's what it, like you don't you say it and you don't mean it. Like you don't you don't get graphic about it. You're like child killer. That's what kids it's are afraid of. It's the witch and Hansel and Gretel. Like you yes, don't have to right, show exactly. the, it, the it's long a, it's list a, of children she ate. Right. It's an it's an abstract concept. And, right. and, it's and, something and, kids are afraid of. Right. I mean, I think in in the original nightmare, it's like, well, he took them into the basement and he killed them. And and right. okay, we don't need to know anything more than that. We we don't need to see flashbacks. We don't need to see details or crime scene photos. You know, the imagination, you know, will do more than enough for that. Yeah. But but here we've got the torn clothing and the the you know the the, the compromising photographs that he's reminiscing about when she was a little girl, and it's like, oh. For God's sake, what are you doing here? Why are you tormenting your audience like that? Why right. do Platinum Dunes want to make every slasher into a torture killer? Yes. Yeah. We we confronted this in the Friday the 13th thing, and it kind of like it was, I don't know, they were trying something, okay? And it like almost worked. And at least it has like a really interesting Jason to work with, but he's still kidnapping people for no particular reason. Uh, okay. He's like turning I, into I he's like he's that. like Buffalo Bill uh, in a concrete bunker in the middle of the forest because we all have one of those. But again, movie, I can almost live with that. But here we get this he Freddie can you know put his hand all the way through somebody's chest for no particular reason. And then we get this cutaway to him with that same character saying after your heart stops, your brain still operates for another six oh, right. to seven minutes. So now I'm going to have my fun with you during that six to seven minutes. And I think that reads haunting and creepy and gross and uh, frightening on on the page. But it also ruins Freddy Krueger to a degree. And you're already actively ruining him. So why add to the fire, guys? Why? <laughs> well, I, I think it's, you know, it's the same thing the lottery makes. You know, this ain't your daddy's Freddy Krueger. Oh, no. My daddy would not recognize this Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy would not recognize Freddy Krueger. So <laughs> Mike Hamilton was into a lot of things. One was testing every piece of audiovisual equipment with his VHS tape of Top Gun. <laughs> He liked to watch a Formula One racing. He liked to yell at me while skiing because I wasn't good enough at it. And he liked to just stay mum a lot of the time. But I'll tell you, he would not recognize this Freddy Krueger. <laughs> because it is not your dad's Freddy Krueger. He just it, it isn't. And my dad 
relished his version of Freddy Krueger. Uh, we he talked about it at the dinner table all the time, and I just don't think he would approve. And you know, you, do you know who Freddy Krueger this is? This who? is my second cousin's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> this is my this is my second cousin's husband's Freddy Krueger because he's he's not that cool. He's yeah. not interesting. He doesn't do much. And we haven't heard from him in a long time. And you don't want to look at his internet history. Because, no, you certainly do not. Oh, my God. You you will want to burn your eyeballs out. And yeah. then they made a movie about him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just don't. I just. I mean, I get. I mean, I've, I say this all the time. I say this about movies. I am constantly amazed that any good movies ever get made. Like, because movies are hard to make. Like, we know that movies, it's it's amazing that anyone ever makes a quality film because it just, it's an impossible task. And I, 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 to make a bad movie, a terribly bad movie, is even, like, an amazing thing because, wow, the things that have to go wrong. This movie isn't even, like, interestingly bad, though. It's just, this is just a collaboration that just kind of just stayed aimless. And it makes me kind of sad because it's not even, like, it doesn't even try anything that 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 fails spect. It doesn't fail spectacularly. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I I would I would agree with you. It isn't a travesty. Yeah. So much as it is a failed collaboration on the part of almost everyone involved, and there are some good people involved. Oh yeah. They just don't want to be making this movie, and whoever was really in charge of the film definitely wanted to make this movie and he should have been fired it is right not great and it but it is not neil breen horrific it's not pieces where it's so insane that it's an entertaining uh, thing to look at it's not bewildering in the fact that you can't follow it and you 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 have no idea what is the maniac behind this the camera who's making all this happen it's just like confusing elements when it's like hey everyone we're going to do this no we're not and you know what you were stupid for believing us <laughs> it's just depressing and platinum <laughs> dunes has made some good movies like platinum dunes has been behind some decent films uh, but they just don't seem to really like the supernatural thing that much. Well, like, not, but New Line does. New yeah. Line's addicted to the supernatural element. They hate the mundane. Right. And so between the two of them, they make very weird decisions. They're not a good marriage yeah. of creators. And as such, the things that they manage to come up with don't jibe. And I, I just feel like there was an era of New Line that was lost, lost at sea. Yeah. And of course, we we still get a cameo from uh, who I just learned, thanks to the Internet, uh, loved to force himself with uh, with loose, gross kisses on actresses. Oh. So uh, I'm sorry I ever talked about you, head of New Line. You suck. You're a terrible person, and I wish I had known that at the beginning of this because I would have shouted it from the fucking rafters. Wait, was he? Did he have a? Was he in this? Uh, yes, he is uh, a, a teacher in the background. He does not speak, but he is in the hallway. Uh, okay. So you do see him, uh, not as often as you do when Freddy's dead. I, I got uh, very, or, I got very excited because I thought that the teacher 
in that was in teaching the class that Chris had her dream. I thought it was played by the same actor who plays Cy Abelman in the serious man. <laughs> <laughs> it was not him though. I was disappointed. Yeah, that would well, be nice. <laughs> well, when are we going to get Greta Gerwig's A Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> it's a very good question. Yeah, you know, she when could we... clearly. She could clearly. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, why? Why not? Why not at this point? Yeah, like let's get a real auteur behind these this movie because obviously, like, just getting whoever isn't working. I don't. I don't see the point of just rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street where we get another Nancy or taking the same steps as the original. Yeah, I. I think just as you had said. Phil, just having a Freddy Krueger would be more than enough. But I also feel like I don't know that we need another Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah. I, I don't, I, as much as I miss Friday the 13th, I don't know that I'm going to get the, that kind of Friday back. I don't think anyone's going to uh, take the reins and go, let's just like make, make five weird ones that barely cost any money and that really take the idea of it into odd places and do the unexpected. And that would be more fun. It would be looser, but there's so much expectation on a movie. Once you put a nightmare on Elm street or Friday, the 13th, that it's in a, in a way, even your victories are weird failures and your failures are made even more magnified. And this failure made a hundred and sixteen million goddamn dollars and they still didn't make another one because they're like fuck that up y'all yeah nobody cares <laughs> well they also they, they no no they they won the people's choice award for best horror film. <laughs> who are oh, these good. people gina who I, are these people well 2010 i i looked that was a Pretty slim pickings for 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 horror movies that year. I think the most notable one was Insidious. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and then everything else was a whole lot of garbaggio. So it was it was uh it, it wasn't exactly a, a wide open category. I how mean, how how about a Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy is like a political movement, <laughs> like it's a fleet of Freddies, or like. It stands for Wall Street or something. <laughs> like, just go in a different direction. Maybe it's a, a rogue computer program. <laughs> Fred E. <laughs> oh my God. We're in the child's play territory. <laughs> see, see? I have my finger on a pulse. Oh, sure. Ma- you do. Maybe not the pulse, it, but it, it's it, a you pulse. Could, you could find a it's way a to leave him. a hobo who's making his way across the country via the rails, but no, <laughs> your finger's directly on it, Phil. If you could find a way um, just, to weave it into some sort of seventies television show, like, yes. like maybe like you know, yeah. Freddie goes to like Lidsville or something like that. That's a that's a that's a sure bet. <laughs> or hey, everyone loves set it in the eighties. Set yeah. it in the eighties. It's a surefire winner. I mean, there's oh, there are dozens of ways to actively do it, and I don't think anyone would pull the trigger on it because the expectation of it would once again be to make $160 million. Yeah. And I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice with that when setting limitations on it probably benefits it in the end, at least, you know, I don't know, man, what are you going to do? Just for the sake of argument, here's a couple of movies that came out in 2010. It wasn't that bad. Uh, Insidious, you have Let Me In, which was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which people have now discovered more via Netflix. Yeah. So uh, you have The Crazies. Talk about a remake that works. Yeah. The Crazies work. Piranha, 
for it for what it's trying to do, it 100% succeeds at being the movie Piranha wants it to be. Uh, the Wolfman. <laughs> Can't wait I, all. I saw that one in the theater. I mean, the Wolfman's <laughs> halfway. The, the Wolfman's another one that steals victory out of the, you know, out of the jaws and slams it straight into defeat. Uh, I, I don't get that in the least. And but then, at least yeah. the Wolfman, the Wolfman had a, an idea and it went after it. Yeah. It wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Black Swan also came out that year. So it uh, can't be all bad. I don't know how this wins over Black Swan or Insidious or the crazies for that matter. Uh, fucking uh, I saw the devil came out that year. God damn. That's a well, especially movie. just Insidious. Like people, your average moviegoers saw Insidious. Like. Yes. Like the other ones may have been a little more like out of people's minds, your average, your average people's choice voters mind, but insidious was like a big deal. Like that, like that, that started a franchise. And I know people are very anti jump scare, but it, it, this movie is terrible at it. It is. Yeah. Cause really you can see them coming. Terrible. You can, yeah. yeah. And they think they're being clever. Like the part where, um, where uh chris goes into the bathroom and and you know, oh you think she's gonna she's gonna stand up in the mirror and he's gonna be there nope wait and then like okay he's gonna be in the bed he's gonna be in the bed he's gonna be in the bed lo and behold he was in the bed yeah <laughs> uh it, it, yeah it thinks it's it's zig zagging on you and it turns out it's just like oh i'm just fucking with you for no particular <laughs> effect or or reason or desire uh it's um not great but you know what everyone's least favorite film is someone's favorite film and for us one of our listeners reached out to us via email and said i i think you guys are going to rip this apart but i just want to say some things that i like about the movie and he he wanted those things to be voiced and considering that neither of all three of us kind of are on the same page (laughs) Uh, so Gina, are, are there a couple of things that we can highlight that, that he wanted to at least be said in the defense? Yeah, I, I found, I found one, I, you know, I can't, I'm not gonna read the whole thing cause of time constraints, but, um, there's one thing here, um, that, that, yeah, I, I can see his point and I'm just going to read to you what he wrote. He says in the reboot, the characters are actually afraid to fall asleep again because Freddie isn't just killing them the first time they go to sleep. You see him play the cat and mouse game again with more than just the main character. In the original, he toys with Nancy and Tina. In the later movies, the teenagers didn't even know of Freddy until it was too late most times. Here, he builds in their fear and continues to make them to make them try to stay awake and drive them crazy. This movie also brought back dreaming while still being awake. I love this aspect and was very happy when it returned. It was played off better than in The Dream Child. In The Dream Child, it wasn't so much that Alice was staying awake too long, it was that her baby was sleeping and having dreams. This time it's the actual individual. It's no longer if you fall asleep, you'll die. It's now no escape. Because once you've stayed awake too long, he can come while you're awake. There's absolutely no escape this time. You know, that, that's a fair point. I think that that's an yeah. interesting aspect that they could have done a lot more with than they did. Yeah. I, they give it lip service because at the very end, he, he tells Nancy, like, I made sure to make you so crazy and stay up for so long that when you did fall asleep, you're never going to wake up again. And you're like, hey, that's great. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. hey, let me touch your dress. And you're like, oh, God damn it, you <laughs> God. ruined it. <laughs> and he, he also, 
he he also suggests that a lot of people's issue is that it's not Robert Englund, which you know that's yeah. true. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to not going to argue people. that that uh, that I think that that Jackie Earl Haley, I think he he did well, but in the service of a terrible plot. Yeah. Um, I yes. think that he, he's trying. Yeah, I mean, I think that he, you know, when he in in the scenes where he's just his normal self, he's he's acting his little heart out. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, it's just it, it's and but again, it's in the service of of a of a movie in which the plot ultimately doesn't need its characters to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it it pulls the rug out of good ideas. And leaves you sitting in a pile of shit and goes, ha ha, dum dum. And that's what I don't like about it is that every movie can make a mistake that is perfectly fine. Like there's no perfect movies in the world. There, there, there's always something and, and they don't work for everyone. I can't, I would never dream in a million years of trying to talk someone who loves this movie out of loving it no because that's an emotional reaction you can't control it and there's lots of things that i can see someone loving in this movie i just don't happen to but there are a lot of things where this movie is on the edge as it were of glory uh but it can't go there with you because it go it thumbs you in the eye like a three stooges character goes dum dum that's for believing in me. And that makes it actively terrible um, in a way that it shouldn't be because it's actually making some interesting choices along the way. It's even more frustrating. I, I just get very, I just find it extremely distasteful to, to use child molestation as a, as a shock tactic. 1000%. Yeah. It yeah. is the dream child all over again, probably almost even a little worse. It, it just, the victim blaming here is distasteful and how it uses the concept of gaslighting against your main characters to no tangible benefit other than to rub your nose in it. It just, why, why everyone? It could have been good, but you know what? For me, it isn't. And I, I, for those whose mileage does vary, you're more than allowed to. Uh, you, you should. But, man, does it not for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went into this thinking that I would not care for it. And lo and behold, I did not care for it. <laughs> well, I give it a thumbs up. Big recommend, actually. I know I was hard on it. But at the end of the day, it's a really enjoy. No, it's not. It's. I the, the best thing I had to I mean I hate to be that guy but the best thing I had to say about it was that it which it's short it does it's not that whole like we have to make this horror movie 2 hours long it's it does its thing and it gets out and I'm happy with that and also it's on Netflix and I was able to just be like oh look it's just right here I don't have to go find it yeah, yeah. this is a, this yeah. is the first thing we watched for this in a while that I did not have to pay for so that was nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so it's got that going for it everyone um, so yeah, I mean, is it worth watching? I don't think it's, I don't think it's so actively terrible No, that you would hate yourself afterwards. Just go in knowing that there's some real honest to goodness issues with this 
that people were very blind to and blithely yeah. so and just thought we're super smart and they are not. They yeah. they are not. And I think if one were to have a history of abuse in your background, I would also caution against it. Yeah, this 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 definitely needs act. a big old content warning right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, super CW to the max. And yeah, we're not talking about the. Um, yeah, it's uh, and it it doesn't which uh, which it doesn't earn in any way. No, because it doesn't it doesn't handle the 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 subject with any sort of sensitivity or or, or realism or, or realism or, just, or insight it or tact. Eliminate anything about it, the condition. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you know, well, we need to really figure out how to how to shock and repulse the audience. Well, you know, let's 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 bring in some child molestation and do it. Yeah, you just yeah. like see a fifty-year-old guy rubbing his meaty hands together, going, eh, "We're really gonna make him gross this time." And <laughs> I think that was actually one of the lines in the movie. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feed on your dissatisfaction with this movie. You know, they say that the human, that whole, like, they say the human brain continues thinking for another. I'm like, Freddie, Freddie doesn't say a word. And then all of a sudden he's giving a dissertation. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, where did you pick up on this? Encyclopedia Britannica? And it's far too, it's far too long of a point to make, dude. Like, you're Freddie, like, get in a one-liner and get out. You don't have to, he sets up a gag and then, like, pays it off. Like, you know, they say that the brain continues thinking for a few minutes after. A, I'm like, yeah, get on with it. The guy's hanging there. He's going to be dead by the time you're done discussing this. Not an efficient dream demon. It really isn't. Uh, Phil, where can uh, people hear more from you uh, in this big, bad world? I have two podcasts. One is called Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast, where I talk about the Berenstain Bears books. I do not discuss anything horrific. Uh, my other podcast, though, that I do with <laughs> That I do with my uh, oldest child, Ollie. We do a podcast called It's Del Toro Time. And we are currently discussing his uh, Ecstasy of Influence list. That is uh, Guillermo del Toro's list of the most influential films in his life. We are we are about to release The Devils, which, oh boy, if you've oh. never watched The Devils with your own child, I heartily recommend it. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening. That, that is the wildest fucking thing I've ever heard of. So uh, that, is, that is a child. Do you understand that? I mean, I know that he is a teenager, but he, his brain is still Ollie, developing. Ali is 18 years old. Ali is in college. Ali made the choice to watch this movie with me. <laughs> and we, 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 we diplomatically handled the rougher parts. But I will say that The Devils, Ken Russell's The Devils, is a fantastic motion picture. It is absolutely aiming to be what it is, and what it is is fucking disturbing. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Unlike A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, <laughs> it works. Yeah. I mean, the guy knows how to make something visceral. I, I really often think about his Tommy yeah. and the grown woman rolling around in chocolate pudding. Yeah. And baked uh, probably beans. Probably more often than I should. And so. baked beans. Tommy, and baked more beans. successful nightmare imagery. Then Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Yes. If you're looking for effective nightmare imagery, Tommy, right up your alley. Tina Turner uh, as the Acid Queen is a better Freddy Krueger than Jackie Earl Haley. You know, you're absolutely right. Yes. Let's get this campaign rolling, everybody. <laughs> Tina Turner for Freddy Krueger. Tina Turner is my Freddy Krueger now. <laughs> 
Uh, Gina, uh, where can people find you on these here internets? I write for The Spool. I am currently recapping uh, weekly episodes of HBO's The Outsider. Uh, by the time this episode goes live, I think we should be just about getting to the end of the uh, of the season. It's good stuff. If you're not watching it, you should be watching it. Um, I also have my own website in which I write about movies and television and sometimes on personal stuff on GinaRadcliffe.com. And I am on Twitter far too often under Porcelain72. And uh, we uh, love that when you contact us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, you know the handles. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us be seen and heard by more people. Uh, we also have the Patreon, uh, which is lots of fun stuff is happening over there. Uh, Gina, don't don't we have a new patron? We do. We have a new patron at the $10 level. Uh, it's the unsettlingly named John Doe. Oh. Uh, I, I hope that if he d- does not win the the next drawing for the choose a movie for us to watch, that someone's head does not end up in a box. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you, John Doe, if that's your real name. If that is your real name, and we may never know, but uh, your 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 support is real, and that's what we appreciate. And so, uh, until next time, when finally, everyone, we will be talking about Freddie versus jason for the, that's right for the it's next the fr- three years for forever <laughs> uh there are so many deaths in this thing just plotting it out is taking what feels like forever and here's a quick preview freddie has a vagina nose so <laughs> it's finally the freddie you always wanted Still more tasteful than this, Freddy. Oh, yeah. No, it just it feels like a warm blanket that vagina knows <laughs> on Freddy Krueger with his constantly shifting teeth. Um, so it's a real. Tr- Listen, I to be honest with you, I I kind of like I'm like oh I gotta write down how many people die and we can only we can only cover about twenty minutes of this. There's so much death and things to talk about, and I'm just like oh my god. We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> Talking my old, my man, Jason V. We're going to get into it on Freddy versus Jason. And forever, how long that takes, we are going to talk about every millisecond of it and its own distasteful elements <laughs> for maybe the rest of the year. Who's to say? But until then, thank you, everyone, uh, for myself. For Gina, for Phil. Hey. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.